Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Welcome to this episode of Best Camp of My Life, a podcast about MMA. Kind of, but not really, but kind of. I'm your host, Fernanda Prates, unless... Actually, you know what? Don't even worry about it. Today, I will most generously spare you from yet another one of my elaborate, somewhat argue unnecessary and psychiatrically concerning intros. For the purposes of this particular episode, I shall remain simply your host, Fernanda Prates, as boring and frankly uninspiring as the simple act of being may be. If it's any consolation, though, you won't have to settle for me. Today, I am once again joined by a very special guest, one whom you might be familiar with as a co-host and one whom I am familiar with in the biblical sense, (laughs) if you know what I mean. Wink, wink. I know. That's actually a pretty ample field of possibilities, but I am actually referring to my current partner and sharer of the existential burden of everyday existence, MMA journalist and analyst Rodrigo del Campo. Now, I know what you're thinking. Didn't we just hear from this guy a couple of weeks ago? To which I argue, if you think that's bad, try hearing from him every five minutes. Now, not funny, just me, tough audience. But anyway... I know Rodrigo has been on this podcast very recently, but he's back for a very special reason. And it's not that he's like right next to me and it's so easy, although that helps, but because I couldn't think of a better person to dissect today's totally serious, very intense theme, Cobra Kai season three. That's right. As the audacious and indomitable journalist that I am, I have decided to brave the treacherous territory of karate kid lore on behalf of the greater good. And what exactly is that greater good, you ask? That's a great question, to which I answer, not at all trying to do that thing when you set up a ridiculously unrealistic hook by pretending to possess the ability to answer an unanswerable question. I guess you have to listen to find out. No, really, we just literally reviewed Cobra Kai season three. It was fun to record, though, and I hope it's fun to listen to it as well. And if not, what did it even cost you? Another hour that you would have spent probably scrolling through the inane Instagram stories of mind-numbingly insipid acquaintances who keep sharing quotes like, it's okay to not be okay, and memes about how they only wear sweatpants now? It's a win-win, if you ask me. Uh, I've already done the full intro. I've already introduced you in a previous podcast, so I feel like we can just <laughs> cut, cut through the red tape and get to it. Uh, thank you, Rodrigo. Rodrigo. Rodrigo, depending on the pronunciation you want to go with. Rodrigo, if you want to go real American, uh, a.k.a. Boo Boo. (laughs) 
Bubblicious. Oh. Baby. Oh. Baby, if I want something. <laughs> yep. Thank you for being here on my podcast again, which is being recorded in your living room. So really. <laughs> Our living room. Oh, I see. That's such a sweetie. Uh, yes. Thank you for joining me to dissect, <laughs> discuss, address this modern masterpiece. Okay. Maybe that is an over overstatement. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, to, to discuss Cobra Kai season three on Netflix uh, on this very special episode. Um, I guess I'll start this by with a disclaimer. Because that's not polite. You should say hi. Say hi. No, no, no. You can. <laughs> I think anytime you introduce me, there should be a disclaimer before I start. So not a disclaimer on you, boo boo. I can tell him what my nickname is. By no, by you. I don't think you know this nickname. Oh, oh, we're already discovering things. What is your nickname? Rantrigo. Rantrigo, rent. because you rent a lot. Yes, you know I rent a lot. You just yes. haven't heard it. Yes, it's insane. Like I'll. I'll ask like a my like oh who is this guy on TV and I'll get uh, the full explanation the encyclopedia. It's, uh, it's annoying. It's it's charming sometimes. They'll <laughs> say you have to be in the mood for it. Like sometimes I'm like oh culture this is nice and then sometimes I'm just like you know this was unnecessary. You could just like. I just needed a line on this. I don't get offended. You can be annoying, but I, your disclaimer, please. My disclaimer is just that. Um, Cobra Kai season three is fucking ridiculous. It is. I feel like this is a disclaimer that must be said because oftentimes you're going to read or listen to a review and even people doing the review are like, oh, but this is too silly. This is too whatever. I feel like we need to to know what we're getting ourselves into before getting into it. There's room for everything. There's room for the artsy, boring shit that you like sometimes. <laughs> There's room for the ridiculous shit that is Cobra Kai season three. So let's just get it out there yep right away it's not the type of thing you watch like poking for like plot holes you can't be too attached to reality in a show that involves several spontaneous karate brawls between teenagers just basically like that's just not you're just not gonna enjoy it also i think you said a key word here what because that's why like the third me in season two I, I wanted to watch season three, and I would have watched season three. Like, see, mm-hmm. it's even better for like people who are listening to this. Uh, it's like so amazing to watch things, stuff like that with you. Aww. Like, it's so fun, which is like one of my enjoyments. And I have to say, like, one of my enjoyments from this season was watching it with you. See, isn't he the sweetest, guys? I'm not paying him to say any of those things. I hated the like the last half of season two. Because I loved for the first one. I thought it was like really cool, really funny and stuff. And then like the second half of season two for me was like Beverly Hills slash Cobra Kai. Like how much do I care about these teenagers? Yeah. And that's the thing. You have to kind of care about the teenagers to actually enjoy this. And I think they got a good balance in season three. Because I think season two, like they just abandoned Johnny and Daniel for a while and just like went full on teenagers, which fine, it's their show. I'm and with I think you. in this one, this it's more balanced mm-hmm. than in the second one. I agree. I was insanely bored by the teenagerism of it all. I'm curious, actually, to hear from a teenager. Because I feel like everybody who's watching this is people our age. Uh, you're a little older, but like 
people who either saw it as it was happening or like our generation in general. So I'm curious to see if like this teenager who's just coming into the the uh, Karate Kid universe is entertained by the teenage stuff. I personally was not. I was with you. I thought it was just too. And you said Beverly Hills. No, because Beverly Hills was fucking awesome. It wasn't. <laughs> I was not interested. I just I, I just meant teenage driven. Yeah. It is. Uh, and that's a very that 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 reference that you use for teenage driven really gives away your age. <laughs> but the, the, here, here's like what I'm gonna say about the age thing. Yeah. I'm older than you, but I'm still young for the karate kid. Like I was four when he came out. Oh yeah. I remember I know I watched the first one in the movies. I have yeah. no idea why my parents took me to the movies mm-hmm. when I was five. Because yeah. they shouldn't have. But I don't remember the act of watching. I went to see it. Aladdin when I was five, I think. S- I don't remember me watching. I think the first movie I remember watching as a kid was uh, Kindergarten Cop, and I was like six. Good choice. I remember Waited watching- to kick off your life. Right? I remember the second one. Yeah. Like, I do remember being in the theater and watching the second one, yeah. which will come in handy in this third season, because a yeah. lot of people from the second one come in here. That's 86, I think, 87, the second one. Yeah. I was six or seven. So it was all before I was born. It yeah. was on, on TV a lot when I was growing up, but I actually only stopped to watch it consciously like I was already in my early 20s. Yeah, and you were, I think, three when yeah. the Hillary Swank one came out, which is like 94. Yeah. But I was still like, I th- I feel like I could still relate to some of it, and there was a bit of 80s nostalgia when I, you know, for me. But the the point being, yes, the season two I thought was very teenagery, and season three moves past that, which is good. I missed one teenage character, Aisha. Hmm. She was, yeah, she laughed, God knows why, and, and she was sorely missed on season three. Um, but I also enjoyed season three a lot more than season two, even though there were a lot of freaking ridiculous points uh namely the final the not the final but yeah it was a final battle yeah um, it like uh, expands for two episodes but yes yeah i miss aisha too that's right that's and stingray, oh, stingray. <laughs> they took away stingray they took away stingray but i wanted to uh, to take a character driven approach to this conversation because i feel like season three really revealed the real MVP of the series. Not that it was a secret before, but I, to me, he was the major shining star. And it was Johnny Lawrence. It has, he is. It has to be Johnny Lawrence. He's just the funniest guy. And he's committed to improving. I feel like this is what we need to focus on here. Because obviously, they they don't go too heavy on the paint, I think, on these, like, woke themes but they do touch on it a lot and i feel like johnny really exemplified the character of a guy who was really stuck in the past who had these really outdated uh views of the world who had that casual misogyny thing who you know made the wrong remarks and you can see that and he who was really his life was ruined by toxic masculinity like the reason why this guy is like 30 something 40 actually yeah right Let me do the math. I don't know. Anyway, the reason why this guy is like living totally fucked and living in a fucking beat down apartment, getting in bar fights every day, not being able to keep a job. Like this is a guy who was a total bully in high school, who was indoctrinated by John Kreese. 
about how a man was supposed to be in the world. And he makes it very clear that that's what really was his downfall. So I think that's just a very rich character in itself. But apart from all this, my hashtag woke bullshit that I apply to everything because that's Hash how brown. I roll. Hash brown. <laughs> he's just hilarious. He's so funny. And his acting is so good because even when he is being a bit of a jerk, you you're, you sympathize, sympathize with him. Like when he's walking past a couple of nerds and drops <laughs> their books and it's like, sorry, old habits. It's just so charming. And he says the wrong thing sometimes, but he says it in a way that it's like, oh, come here. Let me teach you, Johnny, the right way to go about it. So that is one of my two favorites moment of the, moment of the season, by the way. Sorry, old habits. I love it. I he's love there, it so like, much. He's there to recruit nerds and then he attacks So it's around, there's a nerd just walking down the hall. He just like takes, like slaps his notebooks and stuff to the ground and like takes two steps. Like, oh, I'm not that guy anymore. I'm sorry. Just goes back. That one. And the other one who I think like encapsulates uh, Johnny Lawrence, which according to the fictional biography would be now about 54, mm. born in 1967. Mm. Yeah. Uh, the, when he's writing back to Allie, Allie yeah. with an L, and he writes like a thousand pages in all caps. <laughs> That's the oldest guy move in the book. And I love I it. I love after liking all of her pictures. After all like, oh my God. <laughs> I love that too. I love Sholo Maridonia. Like, you didn't like any of her pictures. Like, um, no, of course. And that's the thing, right? Like, that was like the balance of it all. Like without uh, William Zafka being like so charming. Yeah. And I've seen some interviews and we saw like an interview thing on Netflix and uh, Ralph Macchio and uh, William Safka talking like the guys who run the show, like they're like so like they're like this is like their Star Wars, right? That yeah, they're, they're so much fandom. fandom. And there's the way it's written, but also the way it's portrayed. Like it's that it's the love of a lady. Like you can't stay mad at him, which was a thing like in the movies, like you were just mad at him all the time. And there was like, yeah, and there was like the conspiracy theory in the YouTube videos about like how, how was Daniel was the actual bully <laughs> and stuff. I will say this like, though oh. about the whole Daniel is the actual bully thing. I, I disagree, obviously, but I remember watching the first movie having the idea that Daniel was like this poor kid who got pushed around and about, about these mean guys. I came into the movie thinking that's what I was going to watch. And it wasn't. Like, Daniel had some swagger. Daniel could stand up for himself. Daniel, like, liked provoking situations. He kind of enjoyed a little bit the, the conflict. So I'm going to give him that. I'm not going to say, obviously, he was the real bully. But I will say that it wasn't as clear-cut as I thought going just by the lore going into the movie. Because, like I said, I watched the first movie already uh, in my early 20s. If I remember, Johnny's still with Valley with an eye when Daniel shows up and then just Daniel moves in. I mean, it's fine. He didn't like, know, but uh, yeah. But yeah. Uh, in Brazil, we call it Fura Olho. Oh, and, oh, yeah. I remember this. Fura Olho. Talarico. In Mexico, we would say, está pedaleando su bicicleta. Pedaleando su bicicleta. He's stealing ¿sí? your bike. Stealing your bike. And he... No, what was it? There's a thing involving a bike, but I don't remember. They push him off his bike. Anyway, um, so that to me, like, season three is all basically Johnny. Like, I don't have a tough time putting him as the, the main guy. 
But then you go back to, we're talking about Daniel, the LaRusso family. Somebody asked me this on Twitter. I'm going to ask you. Yeah. Like rate the LaRusso family. Uh, Amanda, number one. Then Samantha and Daniel have their moments. I think Daniel second. I don't know. I'm not sure. Yeah. But Amanda's by far the best LaRusso. <laughs> that was my answer. By yes. The way. You're completely, I mean, you're always correct. I must say. Um, you're, he's learning. He's learning well, guys. No, I promise I am not holding him at gunpoint. Uh, he's not being for baby. Tell them that this is not a distress message. Please. Help, <laughs> baby. What have we agreed upon? Help. Oh man. Auxilio, por favor. Cut. Cut. <laughs> no, she's she's. I mean, this is a great character. It's well written. Uh, Courtney. I don't have my glasses. I'm sorry, I'm old. Uh, Courtney Hengeler is the actress who portrays Amanda. Yeah. Uh, she's amazing. She's amazing. I think that's the thing, right? Because you were talking about the bullying and it gets uh, brought up yeah. in the season, right? Like, there's like, don't you think you were a little bit of a bully, Daniel? Yeah, there was like, a conversation oh. and then Miguel also has this conversation with them. And like the, like the light bulb turns on on Daniel, right? Like he's like, oh, maybe I was a little bit of a dick. <laughs> And I love Amanda because she's the character who like brings it. He she brings the subtext alive all the time, and she knows how ridiculous all of this is. Yeah, and she's always like bringing like, that perspective. Like it's like an anchor in this world, right? Like she's like, too, oh my god, two karate dojos fighting people. This is just stupid people. It's like, oh yeah, it it is. And with Samantha, like I like the whole storyline of the like post traumatic disorder like thing. Like she's. I don't know if I would go that far. She wasn't diagnosed or anything, and I'm not going to diagnose her with something like that. But she was clearly dealing with trauma after that big fight on season two. And I like the way that they sort of approached it, uh, her swearing off karate and things like that. It was just so nice, the flashbacks and the way she reacted to Tori. She's a good actress, so that was a nice little moment. Uh, Daniel, for me, she would have taken the season for me if it wasn't for Daniel going to Okinawa. I disagree completely. Really? You didn't like the Okinawa part? No, no, no. Here's, the, here's my thing with the Okinawa part. That he I left like in it. the middle of yes! a crisis? Yes! <laughs> Somebody said that on Twitter when, like, I, okay. when I put him on um, from the Samantha. He goes to Japan to try and, like, for those that you haven't seen it, go see it. Like, I don't know why you're listening to this if you haven't seen it. Uh, they get taken off the contract for the Japanese important. He goes to Tokyo, can get the contract back. And instead of, like, trying to solve this, I'm just going to drop off on Okinawa, uh, see my old uh, baby, see what's up with Okinawa, see what's happening there. And then I'll just take like five, six days and then maybe I'll go back to, to California. Uh, the fact that he locks out on the end and the random girl he saves on Karate Kid 2 turns out to work for the company and get the contract back is just that, a random thing. He left in the middle of a crisis. He's handling a crisis at work, crisis in family, and just goes to Okinawa. Counterpoint. Okay. It's fucking awesome. It's a cool story. Like, fuck that. The, it's fiction. <laughs> It's fiction. I don't understand why you, you, you're over intellectual. Like you're doing this, the very thing I told everybody not to do. Don't overthink this. He's leaving Amanda alone. And then Amanda goes to Chris like oh, the Amanda's not a real the, person. The bad boss she is. Gets taken out restraining order because Daniel isn't there. Dude, dude, fuck it. That's all so cool though. He's so and responsible. He goes and he meets Kumiko. 
And uh, and and he meets the villain from Karate Kid 2. Oh, I was wishing he got his ass kicked. Who is a low-key MVP of the entire show. One episode and I'm like sold on villain, dude. <laughs> I don't, I think you're just, again, no, no. This is not, we're not using reason here. It's a fucking cool resource and a fucking cool thing. Even though, now I'm going to be the one overthinking when we were watching, and you know what, I got pissed because Daniel was like upset that they turned the the village into oh into a mall into a strip mall. Yep, and it was because he had those romantic views of how it was, and then he goes back decades decades later, just expecting things to be at his convenience. I was like, fuck the comfort and well being. Of all these villagers. Ignore the fact that the village is going through hard times. <laughs> and the only way I had is to like make it a tourist spot with the strip mall. Which, okay, granted, it sucks. But like, it was but like, if that's the way they can make money, if that's the way Kumiko can still have like her dance lessons, yeah. if that's the way Chosen can still, can still have a job and train people, then just do it. But his North American ass <laughs> wants things to be kept perfectly. And his convenience for when he decides to stroll back in after decades. <laughs> How dare they change and not be in accordance to Daniel LaRusso's uh, ideals. So I'll give you that. But still, it was such a cool storyline. And the fact that he was almost killed by, by what, Chosen? Chosen, yeah. But then he got like nose booped. Again, like in the Karate Kid too. Amazing scene. I did love the, the part. Like, it's uh, just, just a, 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 a tangent, but I did love it. As yeah. I was saying, like, it's one of the first movies that I remember watching in a theater. Yeah. And I was obsessed with the ending, obsessed with the stupid drums, obsessed <laughs> with the two-handed strike that I may or may not try and do when I did martial arts as a None teenager. None of this surprises me. I loved it so much. So I was like, when I knew they were going to show up, because yeah. like, it was people knew they were going to show up. I love it so much. I like the part. I like like the secret Miyagi though techniques that he didn't learn. I got chosen like teaching him a lesson without being a, an actual dick at the end. Uh, Kumiko just like setting the trap. Okay, like you guys were like awful when you were kids. Sit down. I'm leaving. Bye. Goodbye. Deal with your stuff and then I'll come back. Very nice. All of this was great. But now let's move to the things that matter. The shit that we hate. Not about the show. There's not a lot of hate about the show. There's a lot that left me puzzled. Like, how are these kids freely <laughs> fighting each other in karate brawls and none, no authorities are involved and there are no security guards or cops? The major guest gets arm broken in and the mall. No one tag. called the cops. It's insane. But other than that, the characters, okay? First of all, to me, I told you this. I told everybody who could listen. This is a character who has no redeeming qualities whatsoever the fucking worst villain of all time like the the, the least in-depth villain that i can think of is fucking john crease and here's the thing about season three right so they try to give him a backstory they try to explain John Kreese is not a fucking sociopath because he was born like this. Like, he was once an okay person, kind of hot, if you ask me. Very hot, if you ask me. I researched Kreese? the actor. Oh, John Kreese. John Young. Kreese. Young John Kreese, Young John Kreese, okay. He's uh, 28. I'm okay. I'm allowed to think that the <laughs> other actor is hot. It's not inappropriate. With these shows that have teens, we never know. I always check to make sure that it's not weird. And it's okay. I'm allowed to say that he's hot, 
and your you my boyfriend isn't upset by that so uh, i'm allowed guys after establishing that john crazy is hot which by the way a hot character goes a long way in my book. Like having a hot guy play his younger self could have been the thing to sort of redeem John Kreese for me. Unfortunately, I'm not proud of this. We all have parts of our personalities that we're not proud of. This is kind of mine. I'm a shit person in some ways, and this is one of them. But uh, And then so they, they put the whole thing, the backstory with him going to war and having this like fucking terrible superior sergeant colonel i don't know i don't know how the army works guys i just really don't but like the guy who's above the other guys and them getting captured and him becoming a prisoner of war and having to fight over a fucking tank of cobras or whatever like i see what they were trying to get at with that like they're not necessarily excusing his behavior, but I, cause I think it's even Sam who says like, everybody has a sob story, but it doesn't give you the right to be a bully. Like they're not giving him a pass, but they're trying to explain where it came from. And granted, okay. Even though it was done in a ridiculous way and it was shot in the weirdest fucking sepia. I don't know even what that was filter. <laughs> yeah. Cause it isn't, it isn't even sepia. It's just like, uh, weird, like, washed, like washed. <laughs> Just a weird thing. A weird, I don't know about cameras, but the weird effect that they use. But still, John Kreese remains the fucking literal worst. I'm just so angry at him all the time. I just, I can't. And I'm a person, I, I never, I, I'm not saying I appreciate villains watching things, but usually I'm trying to like psychologically understand. And I think a lot of what Cobra Kai is about is kind of explaining and they did a superb job with that with Johnny and Daniel. That is like nobody's pure villain. Like everybody has a story. Everybody has. And that's cute and all. But no, John fucking Kreese is a pure fucking villain. And fuck him. And if he doesn't die, I'm going to be sad. Like that's the only ending. <laughs> if they try to make him become a good person after all of this, I oh, will no, fucking no, no, no. lose I'm done. my mind. I'd be done. Here's what I want for season four, right? Okay. First shot of season four. They go to this tournament, which is like the cliffhanger of season three. Yeah. John Chris takes two steps, heart attack, dies. <laughs> that's, that's even and we're more done evil. with them. And we're done with them. I would love forever. That. Yeah, because then like his students would try to like fight in his honor and stuff, probably. Yeah, we can still fight. And um what's the name of the girl that we don't like? Which Tori. I, Tori. Just, I hate Tori so much. We're getting to her. We're getting to Tori. Um, yeah, young, I have like one thing on John Kreese because yeah. I think you nailed it. He's the, the person I hate the most in this world. He's the guy who starts the fight yeah. and then calls the cops. True. Because the, the shit he pulls when Amanda goes and then it turns out that he got the restraining order and he's like, oh no, I'm a lonely old veteran and this woman came to, you know, threaten me and kind of slap me and he talked to me and he looked at me funny, she looked at me funny, so I got a restraining order. That's the person I hit the most. Right. Like, if you want to fight, let's just fight. <laughs> Back it up. Like, like if you slap one. me and then I punch you and then you call the cops, oh, God, like, I hate that kind of people. <laughs> I've encountered a few in my lifetime. I hate John Chris. Like, I, there's no... I understand the storyline. It gets me to, like, okay, like, this is why he is the way he is. I understand it. I get it. It's a good background because we never got uh, enough background other, other than he was, like, military and ranger. 
Uh, it's exaggerated as hell. I love yeah. it. I love that they're <laughs> so fighting cheap. on a stake and there's like, uh, uh, oh, the first one who fights, remember, like one day, one of them lives when the, the Viet Cong is making them mm-hmm. fight to the death and then one goes back, so I had to do it. I had to do it. They're you fighting over it. a pit uh, yeah. full of snakes and they're like, how to- how big is the pit? Big enough. No, how deep <laughs> is it? Deep, deep enough. enough. Like, oh my God, everyone's dying when they fall. And I don't know. I just hate. And you know, so I much. couldn't watch that scene. Oh yeah, because you're terrified fact, of snakes. I'm. Uh, I watch like murder and horrible, gory things all day, but a single snake on screen, it's I can't. I think that's the correct reaction because uh, screw snakes. Uh, I understand their They're place. Just, they don't have feet. How are they moving? I don't understand. They don't have wings. They don't have feet. They don't have paws. I understand they're placing the food chain. They're placing no, some weird Bible bullshit. stories and stuff. I know how they say like, um, oh, if you kill one and if you end a species, it's going to throw everything off. I maintain that if we get rid of all the snakes, and this is my platform, by the way, <laughs> <laughs> when I get elected uh, to whatever, I don't know, a queen. I don't know. We're like a fascist uh, nation, uh, universe now, right? So yeah, when whenever I start like my own fascist thing, Mussolini started off as a leftist, so it would be <laughs> my my fascist turn would be on par with history. I'm kidding, guys. I'm not a fascist, but uh, for for the purposes of this podcast, when I get elected to whatever it is that gives me power, I'm getting rid of snakes. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> We can live without them. You want to live in a, in a world full of mice? Yes, and rats. I love them. They're cute. Rats aren't cute at all. Other things will Mouse kill rats. Mouse could be. Rats, no. We'll get rid of the rats. Okay, moving on. Moving uh, after on. the rat platform. <laughs> we still have to discuss uh, the brawl at the end. We still have to discuss Hawk, who are sucks. You, are you rushing me no, in my no. podcast? Eagle Fang. I, he said he wasn't going to take over, but clearly Corey, I'm he sorry. lied. Okay, go ahead. No, no. no, no feel no, free. No. It's your podcast now. No, 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 no. no. It's a coup. <laughs> no, it's not. It's a coup. I'm no, being not. overthrown. I was there, but I was there, but there was no violence when I saw from what I saw. <laughs> no, not a single white nationalist <laughs> was proven to be okay. I'm is gonna, that the way the world works now? We're getting sidetracked. But Sorry. one last note on John Chris. What I thought was interesting is that by the end, he said, "Like, oh, let's get rid of those. Let's teach those snowflakes a lesson." So they really want to play him as this sort of like a. Uh, what is his generation? Gen Z? No, we're Gen Z. No, he, uh, maybe he'd be a boomer? Yeah, boomer. Like, he's bo- older than them. Yeah, like, so he's like 70? Yeah, like a boomer being fucking angry and not being able to keep up with the times and being angry at the like, gen- he was angry at the Gen Zers and now the Gen Xers. So I thought that was a, an interesting tie-in because they sprinkled a little bit of that with Johnny. But with Kreese, they went a little harder on the paint, and I'm here for that. Uh, before we move on to the topics you decided we need to discuss uh, in my podcast. I will not hear the end of this, right? I just never, okay. never. We're gonna, just, I just wanted to know. You're going you're gonna to have an interesting night. Uh, <laughs> so other detestable characters uh, for me, and I'm going to go yeah. briefly on them so you can expose your thoughts. Robbie. Ugh, um, puppy face Robbie. Dude, they just they sad puppy face deprived Robbie deprived him of all depth in the season. That was like one of my main problems in the season. He just looks angsty all the time. Yeah, like he has one face, and you know exactly what's gonna happen. Like yeah. John is gonna disappoint him. Uh, he's gonna be upset with Daniel, and he's gonna end up with Chris. Like yeah. we knew it from episode one. 
Yep. Johnny can't help to fuck up. I'm sorry. He's a lovable lady, but he's a needy to his son. We have to admit that like, that's a one yeah, of the we have to deep, understand. deep flaws of Johnny Lawrence yeah. who just can't be there for his kid yeah. and then overcompensates with Miguel. Yeah. And you can see like he decides to be a dad now when of course Robbie who has to had to raise himself basically. Yeah, and his mom's in rehab yeah. and stuff. I get it. You you get we get it. Like, but like there's so much depth in what's happening to Robbie. Yeah. And as you say, the character has no depth. He's just angry. There's not a moment of joy when he's on screen. Is Poor what I'm trying to say. Tanner Buchanan who plays Robbie is just like Handed a bad I'm deal glad he did season. the research and is bringing the actual information. Like I'm not, uh, I like it. I feel like and you it's bring the good. opinion and the commentary, which is more important. <laughs> this is why people are here. So there's that. In the in the the infectious personality. This is why in people the, are here in, in several ways. <laughs> Maybe in the many ways an infection can go. People aren't here for me. They're here for you. So like, uh, there's that. Again, I am not, baby. This is not a distress message. I promise. I am Looks not. I am not keeping him on the. No, no, but it's time. true. It's true. It's true, though. Uh, but yes, you're right. And he's a good actor. Uh, I would argue extremely cute, too. Too young for me. This is not a thirsty comment. It's just an objectively, uh, this is, he's got a good face type of comment, which serves no purpose. But like I said, I'm a shit person in some aspects, and uh, this is how I choose to uh, express that. You mentioned her, Tori. Again, they give her like a story. So this is all, I I appreciate that there is always a story. You know that Tori like is having to fend for herself, that she's having to care for her sick mom, that she has like creeps, like a creepy dude in her building oh, harassing that's her. The like, worst, that's the worst, literally the worst part disgusting. of the season. That guy, yeah. That, that guy and John Kreese, that was the one time that we actually didn't hate Kreese. Because he was the one yeah, who... Yeah, that's literally the only one. Because uh, the character is supposed to be, what, like 16? Yeah, the it's a teenage girl. And the actress, I think, is like, like 19. Yeah, she's there. Like, like, How old is she? She's like her 21. 22. Oh, 22. 22. So that read, makes it Miguel bad. is the youngest one. Like, even if she's over 18, like, yeah. the guy looks so old and creepy, it's that so it makes weird. it bad. It's just disgusting. And then you think that she's supposed to be, like, yeah. 16. And she, you see, she's got a chip on her shoulder, like... She sees this perfect rich girl, Samantha, like, you're taking everything I worked for. And you're trying to. So you can see that. Still, again, she's just so one note and she's just always angry and peeved in her face and snarls. Like, they're very caricatural villains, I think. So. Tori is really fucking annoying. I think we she can is. Agree. Also, no fault of the actress. No just fault of the, the way it's written. No, no, it's none of the actress's fault. Okay, we love you all. You're doing amazing, sweetie. It is the fault of whoever has her wearing that hair, though. <laughs> that is just inexcusable. Also, whoever dressed them, they're just so tacky. Like the teen. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe that's how teenagers dress, and and I'm wrong. Because as a teenager, teenager, like I was emo. Like I was. My Chemical Romance, Fernando, signed as Fernando Way and stuff. So it's like, <laughs> I can't really say a lot. I probably look terrible oh, too. If you saw me at 18, then like I was ridiculous. So. Yeah. so maybe that's it. But like, I just feel like her hair is just a point of, of distraction okay. for me. Yeah, I get it. And lastly, technically he had a third turnaround and was supposed to like, like him and stuff. He's but, not on the hook. Dude, fuck Hawk. Yep. Fuck Hawk. Yeah. I read a lot of reviews and a lot of people like praising Hawk or saying no. that he was 
said he was interesting and stuff. I just, I hate him. I just hate him. I shouldn't hate a teenager. It's wrong. <laughs> it's wrong. But he's just such a fucking little brat. That's it. That's the one, right? Like, I, like when's the turn? Right? Like, the turn is like, after he was like, so bad to his friends, after he was just like, um, literally runs, like, uh, makes his only friend in Cobra Kai leave when Chris gets the new recruits in. Yeah. Which also, like, fuck the new recruits because they're also, like, terrible. <laughs> uh, so he's... A, a teenage bashing show, which, by the way, is my dream. I've always wanted to, like, have a platform in which I can just hate on teenagers and people are okay with it. Destroys Dimitri's arm. Yeah, and... How? He could have just kicked them and just left them there and knocked out or something. Like, he didn't have to, like, take his arm. Takes his fucking arm. And then, like, when he sees, like, a big balls-out brawl in the LaRusso house, and then just, like, kicking the ass of, like, the LaRusso kids and the uh, Miyagi Duck kids, let's say, and, mm. and Miguel, uh, they're like, oh, yeah, I should join my old friend. Like, after it, no, no, no. Like, good on you for joining your friend. You're not off the hook. It was a weird... I honestly think it was just a weirdly built turnaround. Like, if you want to do... Because it was obvious it was going to happen. Yep. That they were going to make Hawk good again. Yep. But, like, the way that it was... It was just, like, there were so many situations in which that could have happened. And the way that they built it, that's my main criticism. It didn't give us enough time to be on board with Hawk again. And again, you see why, because he's bullied a lot, and that was his way of showing strength. And he, again, like we can understand all of that, but still, like he he was this sort of cartoonish villain the entire season, and then one snap because of Dimitri, and okay, we're supposed to like him again. I I just I didn't love it, but Dimitri. Speaking of Dimitri, he's, he's he's amazing. He's uh, he makes he makes good use of all of his moments in front he of does. the camera. He does. He gets the hot girl. Good on him. Good on Dimitri. He does it like. I mean, I'm sorry that it's like she doesn't want to make it public and stuff. That's you know, you shouldn't be ashamed. <laughs> but I get it. They're teens, and yeah, good on it Dimitri. It just sucks. Like, like I think he can do a lot better. He because uh, like let's talk about Dimitri. He's charming. He's charming. He kind of goes out on rants, but like as someone who does that, like good on him. <laughs> yeah, who does um, that at forty-one and not at fucking sixteen? Yes, it, like I said. Thank you for destroying me. I no, okay. I I literally said it's charming sometimes. It really depends. On Is my this mood. because I hijacked your podcast? Uh, no, it's okay. for everything else. But also, <laughs> the I still I still need to process my anger over this. Like this, he's, you're still gonna feel the ripples. So he's this. smart. Yeah. He's like kind of charming. He's funny. He's Stall. athletic. He's tall. He's athletic, but he, but he because now he can actually fight. He can science. He can build stuff. He can science. He's Resourceful a cat. Man. A, a, a Renaissance man. A man, if you will. He's a catch. <laughs> good on you, Dimitri. Like he's probably gonna go to a good college, For get sure. good grades, get a good job. Yeah. Good on him. I just hope that he doesn't like turn fascist. Oh. He won't. He won't. I have faith in Dimitri. I think he's You know what's the one I like I'm actually afraid of? What? That he turns into like a Silicon Valley. Ugh. Could be. And then he's like not full on fash, but it's like 
you know, there's like good points there. You you should read this. There's good points there. Or like, oh, you know, this is unfortunately that's the way of the world and we can't be (laughs) idealistic. This is just capitalism, guys. Like I didn't (laughs) make the rules. Yeah, exactly. He he could. But I I don't I don't think so, honestly. I'm gonna allow myself to dream to cling to this tiny, frail, brittle (laughs) sliver of hope. And just project a good Dimitri for the future. But he is a great character. But since we were talking about that final scene, that to me, it's amazing. So the Cobra Kai kids invade this very fancy house, by the way. Because we know that Samantha doesn't live in like, she lives in sort of a nice community. So somehow this horde of teenagers invades the house. Nobody thinks to call the cops. And I know you're going to have some thoughts on that. No, on, on why people shouldn't call I'm the cops. I'm glad they didn't call the cops, by the way. Me too, because of television. But if they had called the cops, that would have been a terrible fight scene. Uh, and fuck cops. But um, should I be saying that? Okay, I am. It's, we're so far into this episode that it's like, <laughs> <laughs> either you're on board with us or you're not. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so that. But also, it's so insane. And then they were just like, karate each other and in real life if you get kicked in the face i don't care if it's a bad kick if a kick lands in your jaw you're down you're done there's no way this is gonna unfold without a fucking kid dying and they make like oh it's dangerous like what happened with miguel but there's a lot of just chill regular fighting like someone goes into a wall someone goes through a table yeah, someone like really got hurt. Unless so you're that. on really good drugs. And then like uh, that's a different kind of um, Samantha skins. and Tori, they fight with a bow and, and uh, nunchucks. And nunchucks. How does fucking Tori know how to use? Because she doesn't have any free time, by the way. Like she works yeah. two jobs. She has to like put on the table. Her mom's sick. She's like learning nunchucks in her spare and time. And knows nunchucks. I don't know. Maybe it's like this is the origin story of Electra. Oh, <laughs> I mean, John Chris does pull that aside in the like the last uh, uh, battle. But still, like they're with Johnny going to and a Daniel, so. freaking dojo. Is he teaching kids? Use- and how are none of the parents like? See, and this is the thing because they talk about like snowflake generations and stuff. This much is true. Today, if a kid goes home fucking busted at, after a karate class, those parents are calling people. Yep. Like in the eighties, they're that suing fly. someone. In the eighties and the seventies, like you, that shit would fly. Like, oh, even you're building in character. 90s, even in the nineties, like, in the early nineties, like a dad could be like, oh, this is I good. I came like, home you're with teaching. like a couple of cuts and stuff from martial arts. I'm like, yeah, cool okay, on. fine. No, the, the <laughs> like other you're guy. building character and stuff. Like yep. that. That was the now. If you're having your kid getting fucking broken in their stupid karate class, the authorities will be involved. Miguel just had surgery in his spine. He's barely walking and he's just getting bashed. But I am glad the authorities didn't yeah, get involved. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you. So why? Because there's a Mexican and an African-American in that house. <laughs> if the cops get there, what do you think is going to happen? Miguel's going to go to jail. And the African-American dude, I'm sorry, I don't know the name of the character. She's like kind of like background characters who yeah. fights with them. Who goes to the eagle thing. Yeah, yeah. He has the, the little is dreads and stuff. Is it the one who breaks Dimitri's arm? No, no, no. Wait, Hawk breaks Dimitri's arm. Is it? Yeah, it's Hawk. Oh, man. With like See, the Chris Jericho I shouldn't hold, be doing this said. review. I have terrible uh, Yeah, he goes to Eagle Fang too. Yeah. Um, yeah, like you have a brawl and you have like a Mexican 
and uh, an African American man who thinks he's gonna who you you think is gonna get the blame. I knew you were gonna make it woke. No, it's not After woke. It's just cops. honest. Yeah. No, it's you're right. Honest. And also, we got the cool brawl. So it is an exp- it's it's. It's not normal for fucking teenagers today to be dedicating this much time to karate. Like, <laughs> this is not a thing that's gonna happen. Uh, they they don't use their smartphones nearly enough on this show. So there's that, very that. Uh, but I appreciate it because that's the beauty of it. I actually read on um, uh, Entertainment Weekly's that that's Entertainment Weekly yeah. sometimes. My accent gets real fucking weird. Sorry, guys. Uh, review by Darren. I'm not sorry. Fuck it. I'm doing a <laughs> podcast in a second language. Que no te importe tu acento. Habla como I'm quieras. doing a podcast in a second language. You should be like fucking thankful. No, you should be because you don't have to listen. <laughs> anyway, I digress. The thing is, I have an accent. Let's all deal with it. But uh, review by Darren. Frenish. I don't know. I'm I'm saying it wrong. And it says Cobra Kai is like one fourth teen soap opera, one fourth martial arts epic, one fourth totally profound richer link laterification of a <laughs> cheese box cheese box 80s franchise, and one fourth underdog sports drama. And that is the perfect definition. Especially because he brings up Richard Link later. Yep. It's, I like it. I knew I knew I knew that was gonna no, do it. But you for know you. why? And you hate Link later. No, you? no, I like him. He did the remake of the Bad News Bears, and a lot of people forget. They did the remake of what? Of the Bad News Bears. You're way too young for the Bad News Bears. I'm young for the Bad News Bears. It's the baseball movie with kids, like from the 70s. Okay. Uh, It was really famous. I think they made like three. And Ling later, in like his very arty films, Mm -hmm. he does like really commercial stuff in between. And he made a remake of the Bad News Bears. Okay, that's a thing that happened. Uh, thank you for bringing that perspective. Linklater is amazing. I don't care what you say. Cannot have an opinion. I, I don't I have any, nothing against Linklater. Boyhood lasts like a thousand years and I still liked it. And you so, liked the before movies. So uh, there's that. I love the before movies. So yes, so I we're okay with Linklater. I think we're about to wrap up here, but we didn't touch on a main aspect uh, of the story. Do Eagle have fangs? No, that's... Let's just acknowledge Eagle Fangs because it's amazing. I love it so much. Is it Eagle Fang? Eagle I think Fang it's Fang. I don't know if it's, it's Fang I think or Fang. It's singular, yeah. Yeah. Because I looked it up to write my uh, my cool <laughs> review. <laughs> of course. Eagle, Eagle Fang, which is amazing. Eagle Fang karate. And the kid is like, he's like, what is the one animal that can kill a snake? And the kid is like, a mongoose? And he's like, no, a real animal. <laughs> Another low-key, hysterically amazing moment. Uh, but no, even though let's acknowledge that uh, second of silence to acknowledge how awesome Ego Fang is. Also, I will be accepting gifts at this time. So if anybody wanted to gift me with a t-shirt of Eagle Fang, uh, let me know. I'll give you my our address and you can send it. Just, I don't know. I never got gifts from like strangers. I feel like... It would be a nice thing to know, put on my Instagram. I don't know why I think this is going to happen. But like, okay. I got a free thing and then I could, could go on Instagram and oh, be like, be an recebido is like, we say that in Portuguese, the recebido. When it's like a thing that people send you yeah. for free. And I can do that and like unbox it and be like, thank you, my fans, for sending this. <laughs> like, it's my dream. I feel like I would have made it the minute a fan sends me a thing. Send me a shirt, please. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> ask Rodrigo or Boo Boo uh, for our address and I'll act very surprised when it arrives. Uh, I'll give you a P.O. box. But apart from that, 
we we haven't talked about Allie. Allie with an I, who makes a surprise appearance at the end. Not a surprise, because I think everybody knew that was happening, but uh, who makes a surprise appearance at the end. I don't know. I think... I don't know if I have that strong of an opinion about it, but I do think that it was a really cool way of tying it all together. Um, Elizabeth Shue, I know you have a huge crush on her. Yeah, I think she's really cute. So you were glad to see her of back. Of course, always. I was like really sad that they and the boys. And I love, oh wow, yeah, yeah. And I like that it was sort of the bridge into mm-hmm. the reconciliation uh, between Johnny and Daniel that we were expecting. I also read in the in in website, I don't remember where, but they were saying that Ralph defined the relationship between him and Johnny as the Ross and Rachel of the <laughs> show. And when he explained it, it's very interesting because he's like, we all know and want them to be together and we know that's going to happen eventually, but the tension and the moments, like this is all part of it. We also like that game and you have to build up to it and talks about you know we all want them to go and have a beer together and bury the hatchet but we also appreciate the moments in which they're in each other's throats and that tension is very um there is what part of what makes the show the show and i agree because we i spent the entire season and you saw it hoping that oh we're i'm done with the rivalry like we've seen enough of it we understand now it's like i feel like we've gotten where uh we should have with this and it's time for them to get to the inevitable conclusion. But at the same time, I appreciate that they didn't do that. I think that yeah. that the fact that they carried on and they carried that tension a little more was really smart. And the way that they conducted was really good because to me at the end of the day, even though the other characters are fun and the other actors are good and we have all these MVPs to me, the real, the best moments are when Daniel and Johnny are on screen together. It's really good, right? Because I don't think they share a lot of a lot of screen time on the on the original movie, even though like they're like bullying, like yeah. they don't play each other. Uh, it's even weird. Remember, we saw that show that I think uh, uh, Billy Zavka and Elizabeth Shue Academy Award nominated Elizabeth Shue, by the way. What was uh, she nominated? Leaving Las Vegas with Nicolas Cage mm. in the mid nineties. Uh, yeah, I think they did like one scene together in the first movie, even though they were like boyfriend and girlfriend. Yeah, I think they just. They're so into it. They know the joke. Uh, they know what they're doing. Like they, they don't. They know this is like a B movie-ish type of humor and stuff. Mm-hmm. And they're just really into it. And it shows. Like for the entire cast, by the way. Like I think it really shows that they know what they're doing. They know like the humor they need to be displayed. And it looks like a show where like people are really enjoying themselves. Yeah. And that's. I think that like it comes through. It's just fun as hell. Yeah, and I, that's why. <clears throat> And I appreciate, like, the end is, like, the corniest of all. The way that the season wraps up. And at the same time, you saw how I reacted. I was squealing. I was squealing. Because they were finally working together. They them working together and the music and they were playing Journey. They were playing Open Arms. <laughs> Which is just an amazing song. Which you started singing, by the way. Of course, because it was also sung by Clay Aiken, season two of American Idol. And we I, eventually have to do a podcast about you being obsessed with American oh, Idol. Oh, this, yeah, well. That's a trip. It's, I, it's I a right that. that people will have to like yeah. really sign. This is, let's let's warm them up. This is an appetizer. And we'll see if people can put up with me enough to, to go through that. But the ending was just perfect. It could have ended there, to me, to be honest, the show, in a way. But, of course, we want to see the tournament and we want to see Junkies get fucked. So. Yeah, of course. 
<sighs> I think that's it. Do you have anything else to add? The Snyder. We didn't talk about the Snyder. And I love it. I don't. I'm sorry. I don't know enough about the life of the Snyder. I hope. <laughs> I, I pray that he's a good guy because uh, when I was a kid and I started like watching MTV and music and stuff, like I was obsessed with Twisted Sister because like of of course you're like five. Yeah. And see these guys in full makeup and stuff, like playing hard rock, you would get obsessed. I was obsessed with them as a kid. I like this night. I think it's she's a fun dude. And I think it's like a really good like blast from the past. He's like a very photogenic guy, a guy who like knows how to play this part. It really like links with uh Johnny. Not the weird way they get to the concert, which is just like insane like like go through like this tunnels and stuff and, and then suddenly there's <laughs> these i'm sure he still charges a good buck for his concert i mean he probably still does like bars for like 40 50 bucks it's not cheap i uh, read someone saying that the most unrealistic part of cobra kai was a bunch of young people going to see this it, it absolutely <laughs> is also uh watch the twisted sister documentary it's really really good uh we are fucking twisted sisters really fucking good uh yeah i just i like these snyder that was a good mention, Boo Boo. I appreciate it. Yeah. I it was an oversight on my part to not bring up D Snyder and that has been addressed. So I think that's it. I think we covered all the aspects of Cobra Kai season three, or we'll think that and then five minutes from now we'll be like, <laughs> Oh man, we didn't talk about this. But this is show business. You know, this is live, but it's not live. We're recording. We could stop and cover it It's again, a companion piece. Yes. It's not yes. a normal history of Korakai. So that's it for me. Anything else you like? Want to plug something? Want to use character? this space? My favorite. Okay. I have to put Johnny Lawrence as the obvious favorite character and then Dimitri as the low-key MVP. We didn't talk a lot about Miguel. I think he does. We talk uh, nothing. I'm sorry. I totally. He, I think he does good work. I get the angle is really weird. Uh, it's a good relationship uh, yeah. with the act with the actors. Like they they have like a good chemistry on screen. I love it. Um, He's charming. Character. Yeah, Sholo Sholo Maridoña, By the way, Sholo the is actor a, is really good. Sholo is a dog for people that they don't know. Also, um, a sports team. Which now that I think I'm wearing the hat, Sholo's going to Tijuana, uh, Mexican are. football league team. Yeah, yeah. you are. You are. Uh, and if you watch Coco, that's a breed of dog that takes people to the Mictlan in Mexican folklore. Uh, yeah, Miguel, I think favorite character. I mean, it has to be Johnny. Mm. I, I don't think like no, anyone's really close. Chosen like, was a good. Chosen was good in his limited screen time. I think he made the most of it. Um, I like the Mitri. I like Miguel. I, don't, I know a lot of people don't like Miguel. I like Miguel. No, I like Miguel. I just, the fact that I forgot to talk about him should say something. Maybe about me. Maybe I have a problem with Mexicans, boo-boo. I don't think you do, but I, mean, <laughs> I think this is obvious by now. No, it was just uh, an oversight because I felt like this season, obviously, it was harder for him to get a leading role, especially like it starts with him being unconscious. And, you know, I think he was more of a prominent character in the first two. Yeah, He uh, maybe absolutely. got a little bit erased, but his relationship with Johnny Lawrence is what makes Johnny such a cool character in this season. So you're right. He's pretty, uh, pretty cool. Listen, for all the crap I give Netflix sometimes for canceling shows I like, um, I'm glad they res they rescued this one. I'm yeah. glad that it makes season three, and I'm looking forward to season four. Oh, see, that's nice. That's that's a cute. And God thing. bless that lovable mourn, lovable loaf, lovable loathsome idiot. Sometimes Johnny Lawrence. Johnny Lawrence. Yes, I think that's the the lesson that we're taking with <laughs> us. Um, 
for the year, which is not a great lesson, granted, but you know, what you're gonna do? We cling to what we can in these trying times. Uh, That will do it for this episode. Thank you, Rodrigo, a.k.a. Booboo. Okay, Bubulicious. Hashtag mongoose are real. <laughs> Hash brown, I'm sorry. For uh, joining me. Thank you all, of course, as usual, for listening. Uh, thank you, Alejandro Sanz, for a 1997 banger, Corazón Partido, which, by the way, I don't care what the haters, a.k.a. Boo in this planet say, still slaps is it from 97 i thought it was older 97 according to my very quick and sloppy google research in two seconds uh thank you everyone and this has been the best camp of my life see you soon